just started last week, we started this thing, Go and Tell. Um, we do have a pre-roll, but we ain't messing with that for time's sake. Um, we kicked off the whole thing of Go and Tell, and it's based on a command, not a suggestion, that God, that Jesus gave us. Some of the last few words, like think about it, if, if, if you're on, like you're fixing to leave this planet, and you have just a couple things you want to say, like, what would you say to somebody if you were about to check out and you were leaving this place? How many of you know you would lean in and say, okay, this is important. Like, this is, this is what I want you to know as I'm leaving out of this place. And so Jesus looked at his disciples as he's about to take off. And in Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, he says this. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus was letting them know, hey, I've got something for you to do. Like I've got a, a mission. We call this, it's been termed the great commission. Or I like to say the great co-mission. Paul said we're co-laborers with Christ. Like we've got some things that God wants us to do. Matter of fact, in Mark 16, 15 and 16, Mark records it like this. He said to them, go. If we just stop there and say, go. <laughs> and I said last week, go is two-thirds of God's name right there. It's part of him. It's who he is. Go and make, uh, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creatures. Everybody say preach. That's right. And I told you all last week. Uh, Jensen Franklin said a while back, he said, the difference between a teacher and a preacher is a teacher tells it and a preacher yells it. And so when he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation, he says, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And so we have some work to do, y'all. This co-labor, this co-mission with Christ. And when we think about going into all the world and preaching the good news, Many people have made it not so good news. <laughs> like some people, the good news is this, church. The good news is that although we're sinners, Jesus came and died for those. And so now we have the grace of God that's been given to us. I deserve hell, but because of Jesus, I get heaven. Is that good news or what? That is like, Jesus, thank you. And so we've been given as messengers, we've been given this message that we're supposed to go and spread with people. What I found often happens is we can get upset looking around us and we want to point the righteous finger of indignation and we want to look at people just like we are and we want to begin to tell them like, them, they, and you. And instead of saying us, we, come be a part, the good news is the same thing for us. All of it, we don't deserve it either, y'all. And so when we go and tell people, 
we're going to tell them good news. And last week we looked at the good news of telling people they're forgiven. Like, hey, everybody here, everybody within the sound of my voice watching online, you're forgiven of every sin you've ever committed in your life. Some of y'all didn't sin much. It's okay. Some of y'all, y'all remind me of the story with Jesus at the woman, you know, when they were eating at Simon's house and he goes in there to eat with her and, and Simon, one of the Pharisees invited him over. We're not going to turn there in your Bible this morning, but he invited them over to come and eat and, and Jesus walks in and they're sitting at the table reclining. They've eaten and this woman comes in and just literally goes to Jesus as he goes right to his feet and she starts crying and weeping and pouring expensive perfume, you know, and they're like, wiping his feet. And, and the Pharisee Simon goes, if he knew what kind of woman was touching him, he would just like, ooh. And Jesus, knowing his thoughts, said, Simon, I got something I need you to learn. He said, and then he begins to tell the story. If someone owed you a bunch or owed you a little, one owed 500, one owed 50, and they forgave the debts, which one would love them most? And Simon, being wild, like the one that owed 500. And he goes, let me show you something. He said, look, I came into your house. You didn't give me anything to wipe my feet. This woman has been cleaning with her tears and wiping them with her hair. She's sitting there and he goes on. He said, those who have forgiven, who've been forgiven much, guess what they do? They love much. And so when we think about what Jesus has done, how extravagantly he's lavished his love and forgiveness over us, guess what? That's, that was even for yesterday's mistakes. Maybe this morning you had a rough morning. Maybe, maybe yesterday something goes, so the church, sometimes we like sin. We're like, mm, not us. Yes, us too. It con he continually lavishes his love. And so we, we've been given the authority. We've been given the power. That's why I said all authority has been given to me. I say to you, go and use that authority to let people know that, hey, the way's been paved. So I like to say this. So he wants us to experience his forgiveness. And I just want to say, if you have not experienced the joy of being forgiven everything, when I say everything, I want to mean everything. You know that sin that you thought nobody else saw? <laughs> that you just been kind of tucking away like, mm. <laughs> he, he sees it all. And he forgives it all. And so he wants us to experience in his forgiveness. He wants us to walk in his freedom. He wants us to find what we've been created and then also encourage others to do the same. What we were created to do, the gifts. So this morning, we're going to unpack this little bit of Jesus has sent us to tell people they're free. They're free. And the reason I say that is, is because when we experience that and then we go share that, some of the most bound people on the planet are in church. <laughs> and you don't believe me, there, in Jesus' day, they were so bound up in their own religion and their own ways that they thought it was a good idea to kill the Son of God. <laughs> they were so steeped in their own tradition and their own religion 
that they forgot that Jesus was the one who showed up on the planet and they couldn't recognize him because they were so engrafted and ingrained to what their own understanding was. And they said, He's, uh, mm, mm, we got to take him out. He is messing with us. And so he actually had, <clears throat> they had him killed. And so with that, receiving that and walking that here, the whole thing about salvation is found in Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Many of you may be familiar with it, but if you're not, I, I want them to throw it up on the screen. It says this, for it is by grace, this a gift, this gift by grace you've been saved. Through faith, that's through trust in him. And this is not from yourselves. Like I don't even get to, I don't get to brag about the gift. It's a gift of God. Why? Not by works, so there's no one that can boast about it. I can't even boast about what God's done. I can just boast about what he's done, not what I've done. And so as we continue on this thing of what we're going to go share with people, this message, I want you to begin, I want you to get so free that when you, it's not something you got to manufacture, it's not something you got to make, it's something that's going to flow out of you when you're talking with people, like when you're at Walmart, I know some of y'all still go there, I know that other people go to Target um, because of the other, <laughs> we got that, or for some of you, whether you're on Amazon and you just order it and it all shows up at your house, whatever interaction you have, with other people, I want the freedom of Jesus in you so much that it just you just get to enjoy life and you get to have at it. You get to share. So I like to put it this way. Jesus died so we can be forgiven, but he also died so we can be free. I mean, totally free. Thank you, Jesus. And that's what uh, Galatians 5.1 um, Paul wrote to the church of Galatia and he said, it is for freedom. Like the main reason, it is for freedom that Christ set us free. And I love this because he goes on to say, stand firm. Then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And what he's saying there, now let me help you with freedom because in our culture today, there's a lot of people, they free. <laughs> But they're more bound than they think they are because they think they're free because they're free to do their own thing. Freedom is not me doing what I want. Freedom is living as God wants. And I have the freedom not to please me, but to please him. That's the joy of, hey, I'm not bound up in my own self. I'm so connected to him and so free in him that I get to share his plans, his purpose, his love, his grace to others. And so when it talks about being bound up in, in, uh, in, in things, this is what um, that we've got to be careful of because once you've come to know Christ, like when you've given your life to Christ, you are totally forgiven. You are totally connected. There's nothing else you have to do. You can go to heaven instantly. Right there. I'm glad he doesn't take you instantly because we need we got work to do here. But with that, this whole thing of, of, of what our next thing to do is we've got to Get rid of past, what I like to call hurts, habits, and hangups. <laughs> hurts, habits, and hangups. So all of us, when we come to Christ, we come as new creatures. Woo! Born again, loving Jesus, totally free. Thank you, Lord. But some things have happened in the past. And the truth is, some of them happened in church. They happened here, like, like I said a moment ago. 
church people killed Jesus. <laughs> and I want us to get free in this place. So when people show up here and they're hurt and they've got habits and they got hangups, we use the, the freedom Jesus given us to help them take them on a journey so they get to experience that. And so I like, so when I think about my own life and I, I share my story best, so hurts, if they're not dealt with, and we just try to go past them, and hurts mainly come through what others have done or said to us. Like that, that, the old adage, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. We all know that is a lie <laughs> from the pit of hell. <laughs> Some of us have been carrying around hurts because somebody said something, it's like, mm, and it stuck. <laughs> and it's like got stuck deep and trying to get rid of that and trying to get that off of you. They told you you were no good or they told you, you know, some people have heard these words. I wish you'd never been born. And you hear that and you man, what do you deal with that? Or, or somebody say, you're a big mistake. Or you're the, they say things because they're hurt and they do things and they say those and they come through what other people say and do to us. And as we go through life, we have to recognize that all of us, everyone in this room and within the sound of my boy watching online, all of us have hurts, all of us have habits and all of us have hangups including me, probably more me. There, there's nobody excluded from this. And as we, as we look at this and go through it, our hurts many times become our habits, which then lead to our hangups. And so I'll share my story and it's gonna get a little touchy in here. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, it, it gets a little rough because it's my story and I own it. But for me, at five years old, I was molested. At five years old. And I can say that not with a, with a smile like, hey, I can say, hey, but I can say that with, it was by uh, a female relative who was much older than me. And, and, and I can say that with all, man, I love Jesus because he gives me the ability to say this and gives me the freedom to share this. But I was five, y'all five years old, didn't know anything. And she thought, at, at she was 15, 16, babysitting and thought this would be something to do. And at five years old, my innocence was stolen. Like it literally, I had no clue. I had no understanding. I could still tell you right where I was standing. I could tell you everything, what was going on verbatim. It was etched in my mind. And I still remember Oh my goodness, what is going on? Shock of the shock of the shock of the century. It happened again later at nine years old from a male relative. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'm just made to be used. It happened again at 12 and at 14 from the, uh, the same female. And I was like, so my understanding when I came to Christ at 23 years old was okay, Yes, I've given my life to Jesus. Well, I feel great. However, I have a lot of stuff, the baggage that I'm carrying around that I've got to get rid of. I've got to get out because it's stuck in there. And so when at, oh, let me back up just a minute. At 12 years old, because I've already had this happen to me, I had one, another relative of mine, a male relative, invited me to, uh, to partake in this thing called marijuana, 
So I'm going to play basketball thinking I'm going to go have a blast and we're going to have fun. And, uh, and, and these two, two relatives of mine said that they weren't going to let me go. And I said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And they said, no, you, you can't go. I said, well, I'm going to make it. I'll go tell. Uh, and, and so tell my mom and she's going to make you take me. So as we're going, we go down to the park. And so we're walking and all of a sudden they break something out that looked like a cigarette, but it wasn't a cigarette. And we didn't have a don't say no. We didn't have a dare program back then. <laughs> and so I didn't know what it was. I just know they were acting goofy. And I said, oh, goodness, what's wrong? Because they're like all. I'm like, what are they all looking at? And I'm like, what are you doing? And so I don't think it was their intention in any way for me to partake. But I think what happened is is because I was there and they knew I had something on them. They said, we better get him to do this or we're in trouble. And so they kind of forward like, hey, hey, they didn't hold me down, but they, they talked me into it. Y'all, that started me on a path at 12 years old. I've been molested. Now I got marijuana and I feel better now. Hey, I can go. I feel better now. And so that started me on the path. And by the time I was 23, year old, 23 years old, I'd been to jail three times. I got so good at marijuana. I said, hey, why do I just got to smoke? You know, you can sell this stuff and make money. It's amazing. I didn't even know that. And so I kept doing it and I got involved and I started doing a lot. And then I got busted again. And I got so three different times in all three times. The first time there was a young man in jail. His name was Marvin. Um, I had to spend 30 days that time. The next time I had to spend a year, but Marvin began to tell me about Jesus, and I didn't, I, I, I didn't understand. I'm like, okay, Marvin, sure. I said a prayer, but it didn't mean. I'm like, okay, I'll pray something. I'm in trouble, Marvin. I need help. What do I got to say? Okay, yeah, Jesus, help. Take it. Did not change or transform anything. And then when I did a year on, on streets and highways and experiencing all that, as I'm walking through this, and I've shared with y'all before, I remember sitting in jail looking at the people around me and saying to myself, man, I sure am glad I'm not as bad as they are. <laughs> Even in that spot. So we can make it if we're not careful. We can look at it and go, hey, we can elevate ourselves to a place as if somehow we're better than other people. And I'm telling you, by grace alone, we're here this morning. By God's grace and what he's done. And so as I walk down, so at 23 years old, I got arrested for, again, February the 7th, 1986, still on probation from the first time. And I've shared this story many, many times with you. I don't ever want to forget it because I want us to remind us there are people in the same stuff that are going through stuff that need to know, hey, we love you. We're for you. You don't scare us. And so I got arrested that Friday, and I'd come to this church two years earlier. Like I sat right over there where y'all, right over there, probably right where Sam, well, actually right there where, where <laughs> y'all were there. And, and, and so I was sitting there and I, I just, I'd been to Catholic church and I'm going, I'm like, I'm like, Bill, I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, and I'm like, I didn't know what people were doing and they were dancing, they hands raised and they were worshiping. I'm like, these people are weird. <laughs> these people are plumb strange. Got to tell you though, one thing true I smoked a joint on the way to church. So that might have been why y'all look so strange. I don't know. But <laughs> did it right there. And I was like, man, what are these people doing? What are, 
This one, the skylight was open. We had to, and I was like, are they, is there a picture of Jesus up there? And they're looking at him. Because like, they're looking up. And I'm thinking, man, what are they looking for? That was two years before. I never came back. Didn't, didn't say. Only reason I came here is I had my sister told me that she was coming. She said they had good music and pretty girls. And that, I mean, I like good music and I like pretty girls. And so nothing caught my eye that much. And so the music was good, but it's, you know. So as I, as I did this, I said, wow. Two years later, I got arrested. Didn't even think about this place. Two years, I get arrested Friday night and literally I think my life's over. I'm looking at 10 years in jail. And I said, Jesus, it's yours. I, 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 did, I, I, I said the Lord's Prayer. It's the only thing I knew. I didn't even know it was in the Bible. I said the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be the name. Again, God, I kept saying it. Kept going over, Lord. Lord, Lord, Lord. And uh, I'll never forget, I had two men in jail with me, and they started making fun of me. And they said, oh, you're getting some of that jailhouse religion. And I looked at them, and I went, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I said, you have nothing to say to me. You are in the same spot I am. You cannot help me, our Father, who art in heaven. So I directed it upwards. And the next Saturday afternoon, y'all, a miracle happened. I'm on probation. I know the law. I've been a part of the law. The wrong side of it, but I've been on it. I knew it. And I, and I remember the, uh, deputy, one of the deputy sheriffs in Darien said, Mr. Linton, Mark Linton, I was like, yeah, that's me. And he looked at me and he said, you're free to go. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> you're, you're free to go? Like, I, no, 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 no. In my heart, I'm going, I can't. I'm on probation. You can't let me go. But I'm like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm free to go. Like a bird out of the snare of the fowler. I'm running. I'm heading out of here. And so as I began to walk, I could not help myself. I turned back to the two men. I said, the Lord's Prayer. Y'all might want to try that one. It worked for me. I could not help myself because they were giving me such a fit. I said, y'all might as well try that one. It worked for me. So y'all, Saturday I get out and there's this big party at the house, the drug house I created. And, and I had gotten busted going to get the pot we were supposed to use. And they had it now. And so I get there. There's this, everybody, they got pills. They got all, here, here, killer, you need this. Come on, killer, you need this. And I know when I say killer, y'all look and say, what? <laughs> that was my nickname. My, my, it was killer, because I got killer drugs. That's all it was. It wasn't like, it wasn't like, oh, stone hole killer, boy, what? Anyhow, they were telling me, you need this, you need this, you need this. And y'all, I had the presence of mind to, to turn my stereo that was cranking with heart playing Barracuda. And I said, hey guys, I appreciate it. But I looked at him, I said, I will never do drugs again as long as I live. And they, they with all of them looking at me with a serious face, they all looked at me and went, ah! <laughs> man, turn the music up. What's wrong with you? And I said, okay, I'm going to turn it up. So we turned it back up. That next morning, nobody asked me to go. I didn't know a soul here. I said, I've got to go where I know somebody believes Jesus is real. And I need real. I walked through that door. And this is one of the things that really God used to break my heart 
So Friday night I picked up three girls in, in Brunswick on my way to the party, two sisters and their cousin. We didn't talk about Jesus, y'all. <laughs> it was no conversations, but I show up, and I met their mom and dad, and I show up, I come walking up the breezeway, and the dad who worked for Fletzy standing at the front door. And so I come walking up like, hmm, hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There were no goosebumps. There was nothing but fear that struck my mind. And I'm like, my mentality was, all right, you get one punch. You better knock me out because after that we will tussle. And when you knock me out, if you don't, we'll scrap and then we'll go to church and do whatever we need to do there. Mentality. That was my mentality. Okay. So I come walking up. And Mr. Ward, Pete Ward's right there, and he said these words that ruined me. He said, hey, Mark. I said, hey. He goes, hey, I'd like for you to sit with my family and I. I'd like for you to sit with my family and I. And it was so amazing because I started on this side, <laughs> right there where Bill and Sherelle and y'all, they sat on this side, <laughs> So I came and I sat with them. And y'all, I sat there. And as I was listening, and I, a man that became one of my mentors, Billy Godwin, he began to share. And people are laughing, and I'm just crying the whole time. <laughs> like everything I'd ever done, I'm convicted of. And I'm sitting there crying, and I could not wait. Would y'all please just give an altar call? And please, do, I don't even know what an altar call is, but last time they did that, they asked people to come up. I just need to get up here. And I did, and, and praise the Lord, there was a man named Alan Berry that was there that prayed with and stayed with me until almost 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And I just cried my eyes out. He just held me, just loved on me, told him everything. He got to hear stuff, and I'm sure in his mind, he's like, <laughs> He never broke stride, never like, oh, what did you do? <laughs> never broke out a pen and pencil. Okay, now what did you do? He sat there and just loved me. He said, you're forgiven. You're forgiven. That was a beautiful day. Never forget it. February. Don't ever forget the day or the time or the season of your life where you said, Jesus, I give you it all. It's a powerful thing. That is your testimony. That's what we said last week. That's your testimony. You hang on to it. You don't let anybody take it from you. But the problem was what I began with, this freedom thing. So I gave it, I'm feeling good, but I got all this other junk that I never dealt with. And this is what I want us to talk about this morning. Because those hurts will turn into habits. So I had a problem, very bad problem with lust. Massive. Because I just thought, and I apologize for this, but it's truth. Because I was trained that all women are, are objects of affection and that you don't, they're not to be honored, respect, you just, oh, this is what everybody wants. And so my understanding was that, and it was horrible. So thank the Lord we had a pastor on staff named Calder Kenny. I used to meet with him every week. And the reason I bring this up, I ran into my old notebooks. I kept, I kept, kept all my journals. <laughs> Whoo, I can't read those to y'all this morning. <laughs> Some of y'all would be blushing like, what? I began, I said, God, you are so good to keep walking this 
out and, and, and bringing purity and bringing life to the point where we're able to, to do life. And I know that everybody in here, it may not be as severe as that, but everybody has experienced something or went through something where somebody told you you were less than or somebody made a declaration or made a statement about you that got stuck and you began to believe it and you began to operate like that. And this morning, I want to tell you, God wants us to walk in freedom. We just said it is for freedom that Christ set us free. And there's three things I want you to leave this morning with that will get you free, that will give us this ability and help us to walk other on this, this thing we call freedom. And they're found in three things. It's called truth. Everybody say truth. truth. Together and time. And real quickly, this thing of truth, this is what... Um, some people don't understand, but it's God's word is truth. We are in a battle right now in our society where people want their truth to be, it's my truth. It's my truth. <laughs> and I want to tell you, this is the only absolute truth that you can stand on that stood the test of God's word, period. If God says it, I believe it, that settles it. This is what I've noticed. There's many people that are battling things, and part of it's because of the church, that they, they, instead of battling for freedom and trying to go after it, they want to make the word acquiesce to their lifestyle. And so they want to transform the word of God into what they want it to be so they can be comfortable and say, yep, this is my truth and I can live in it, and that's not truth. The truth is we have to take the word of God and make our lifestyles conform to it. And I want to tell you, it's tough. It's tough. But it's powerful. And God gives us the grace and the love and the ability to do it. He gives us his Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, in John 1, verse 1 and 2, it says this. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word the Word was God. Matter of fact, in verse 14, he goes on to say, the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and... See, and this is where I want to stop for just a moment. This is where we have a problem because there are many people that want to share truth. But they don't want to share the grace that comes with it. And so you can't have one without the other. There's so many people, truth, 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 but there's no grace behind it. So I had a man that shared grace and truth with me that allowed me the freedom to walk free. And the reason I'm here today and not a statistic somewhere and just say, well, forget it. I'll just go ahead and end it because I can't get past this, which is happening in our world today at an alarming rate. Because we are not giving the hope and the freedom that people need to be able to walk this out. Matter of fact, in John 8, 31 through 32, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and he's having a conversation. And they're trying to say, our father's Abraham. And, he, and Jesus is, he, he, he's having a, a wonderful time trying to school them, but they don't want to be told what to do. And so he said to the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. 
Now let me tell you what the truth will set you free from. So the truth will set you free from ignorance. It'll set you free from ignorance. Like I didn't know the truth. I didn't know all these things I weren't supposed to do until I started reading the truth. It won't set you free from arrogance and pride. What does that is the next thing that we go to and that is we're always better together. This is where together comes in. So yes, the truth will let see, it'll help me see the error of my ways. And yes, it will light up God's path and his plan. But in order to walk that out, I need brothers and sisters around me that are going to walk with me in love to say, hey, you got a problem? No problem. I do too. Come on, let's walk this out. Matter of fact, in Ecclesiastes, Solomon writes 4, 9 through 12, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. It goes on to say, if either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Church, we got to be the ones. We got to be the ones to help people up instead of judge people down. We got to be the ones to say, hey, you got issues? Come on, come on. Let's walk this out. Let's go on this journey together and let me show you what the love of God looks like. Let me show you. Matter of fact, James 5.16 says it this way. Therefore... Confess your sins to each other and pray for one another so that you may be healed. We go to God for forgiveness, but we go to each other for freedom and healing. This is, this is what's so powerful about this. We've got to, and this is us having that attitude, that posture that I'm here for you. I'm not here to beat you down. I'm here to build you up. I'm here to let you know that, hey, I want to pray for you. And it goes on to say the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So the thing of having truth, we've got to share grace with that truth. And Jesus is the truth and the word of God. And that's why we need to constantly be in it, studying it, knowing it, allowing it to transform us. And it gives us the ability to do the same. And then we've got to always realize we're always better together. I can't separate myself. Proverbs says, a man left to himself comes to ruin. Because your, your, your own thoughts, your own ideas... And people isolate themselves, and we can't isolate. We've got to, to come together and allow the Lord. You know, it's amazing. I've shared with y'all growing up, confession was, a, it was, a, it was literally a scary, dirty thing because I would have to go in a booth, and they would close the door like boom, 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 boom. And you sit down. <laughs> And there was this, this, this wicked, like little wicker thing with little holes in it. And then the door would slide. And you'd have to say, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been so long since my last confession. And so it was saying, you've got to hide. And you've got to, you're dirty. You're dirty. Instead of saying, hey, man, I got some issues. I need somebody I've got brothers that I can share with. Now, I'm not saying go confess to everybody. You do need to be, be cautious in that. But there are people that are willing to walk with you and love you that will say, hey, you don't have to do this alone. Yeah. 
That was, my, that was my thing. And so I like the next one that we want to go to is time. It takes, everybody say, it takes time to get healed in the natural and the physical. In the natural, physical, and in the spiritual and emotional. It takes time. Matter of fact, I like this because people, there's this misquoted, people think it's in scripture that time heals all wounds. Well, as I was preparing, I was like, no, time doesn't heal all wounds, but it takes time to heal all wounds. It, time doesn't heal all wounds, but it takes time to heal all wounds. Even if, so this past week, one of my little grandkids came up and they said, Jeepa, Jeepa, I got a boo-boo. <laughs> it was a boo-boo. And then the other one said, I got a boo-boo too, it's right here. And all of a sudden, they got to, they got to compare boo-boos. I got a boo-boo, I got a boo-boo, I got a boo-boo, I got a boo-boo. I'm like, I touched it, does it hurt? Uh-uh. I was like, okay, you just wanted to say, I got to be the one that has a boo-boo. I'm like, oh, so that boo-boo got healed. And the other one's like, no, this one's still, don't touch it, it hurts, it hurts. And so what happens is many times even in church, you come and you, you talk to somebody and, and they got a boo-boo and you touch and they go, ow, and they come at you like, oh, things happen. This is where we have to acknowledge that, hey, we need to be at a place in our own lives and we need to, we need to with, the, with the Lord's help, to where we can help others to walk this out and to help get the healing that they need. Matter of fact, Psalms 43 um, says it best in this way. It says, blessed are those who have regard for the weak. The Lord delivers them in times of trouble. The Lord protects and preserves them. They are counted among the blessed in the land. He does not give them over to the desires of their foes. In verse 3 Psalms 43, uh, verse 3 says this, the Lord sustains them on their sickbed and restores them from their bed of illness. The Lord does that. And we get to be a part of that. And this morning, I'm going to ask Sam to come up with the team because I'm a firm believer with our worship team I'm a firm believer that this is the place where we experience forgiveness. This is the place where we experience freedom. This is the place where we experience wholeness. This is the place where we experience life together, brothers and sisters, where we can look at each other and say, man, I, I genuinely love and care for you. I want to see you make it more than you want to see you make it. I'm so thankful. Another thing, a few months back, uh, my son shared some things that he's walked through. I'm so thankful that we have counselors now. I, have, I was speaking with a friend recently, and uh, he had never thought of it. Matter of fact, he had said he, he was all against that counseling. He said, we, we're supposed to walk through this. You know, we go through stuff, and we just tough it out. And I said, yep, you can tough it out. You're the ones that usually have a heart attack early because you toughen it out. You toughen, you go, because <laughs> you toughen it out <laughs> instead of getting it out yeah. and sharing and saying, hey, 
I've got some stuff going on and I, I just need help. I need somebody that just cares, that just want to know. That's what Jesus did. Last week when we talked about the woman, well, he just demonstrated what love looks like. He did such a great job. Jesus just, he met people right where they were at. And so here we are, what we like to call the Father's house. And I'm going to ask Sam and them to sing this. It's a worship song, one of my favorites. Because uh, it gives us a glimpse of who we are or maybe who we were. But it reminds us that there's stuff for us to do still. That we can't get so, so interconnected to where we don't look outside and see our neighbors and see our friends and our coworkers that we can't, that, that we, we've got to make sure. But it starts here in Father's house.